I'm Michelle Lye. Sports Time Out. The fans, the field, the faith, the fun. Here's Michelle. Yes, she is, but she is not alone. Never, ever alone. I have two of my best friends hanging out with me today talking sports. What better job could I ever ask for? I get to hang out with my best buddies talking sports in the wake of World Cup. It's a World Cup year, guys, and we are going to be taking on the World Cup today in Qatar. It's some big games that were being played, and I'm pretty excited, too. So let's do this thing. Let me introduce you to my buddies. We have with us Garrick Payne. He's a pastor. He is a chaplain, and he, oh, he is a player and definitely a soccer fan. Get ready to get. We have with us big voice guy. You let us know. Author, photographer, Brent R. Baker. We are today taking on the World Cup. And so, guys, Atar 2022, what a big deal it is, honestly. I mean, here we are. What's your thoughts? Are you excited? I'm still trying to find Qatar on a map. Qatar just won't shut up here. There you go. Thank you. Because if you're looking on the wrong map, you've just found the Air Qatar. Oh. <laughs> um, oh, this has been super exciting. I Upsets? Course, intrigue? Yeah, yeah. And I think that, to me, is what makes soccer a great game. And it's interesting because the level of soccer around the world has actually come up. We were waiting for many years for the U.S. to be competitive on the world stage, and that finally happened a couple of World Cups ago. We showed that we could actually play, but now, like today with our draw to England, that was a great game. We really showed that we had what it it takes, but the rest of the world has come up as well, and I think which is why we've seen a couple of really crazy upsets. Who would have guessed that the favorite team, Argentina, with my favorite guy, Lionel Messi, you know, that they would that lose was nuts. To Saudi Arabia. I know, that was wow. nuts. It was crazy. And then Germany losing to Japan. Yeah. Ooh. Wow. That was- the Canada match was crazy. And today's match was I think as you're watching or listening, Brent and Garrick and I have an ongoing talking going on, chat going on almost every game that's out there that we happen to be watching and sometimes just life. And I think you encapsulated it, Brent, when you said that's pretty much as exciting as a match can be with a ill outcome. Yeah, I'm not quite the level of soccer fan that you two are. I enjoy a good match, and I am stuck in that sort of American stereotype of the more scoring there is, the better. So a lot of times, it's really easy to mock the 0-0 matches. But this one, there was a lot of back and forth. There were a lot of chances. There was shots off the crossbar. There was a couple of tough saves. And you could see... There was visible momentum change throughout this match, too, because I, the first, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes of the first half, I was thinking, oh, boy, we're in trouble. England mm-hmm. was... I just wanted to make it to the half, make it to the yeah, half. Yeah, they're pretty much living at the U.S. 
end of the field, but they weren't able to capitalize in, on it. And then pretty soon, by the end of the first half, it felt like we settled um, in. not only settled in, but it felt like we had better chances by yeah. the end of the first half. It was it was um, good stuff. You know, and here's an interesting trivia. We have never been beaten by England in the World Cup. We've only won or drawn that let's carry on that tradition, right? So yeah, very this wasn't fascinating. quite nineteen fifty. This wasn't quite nineteen fifty, which was like one of the biggest no, no, but upsets ever. But we're gonna have to beat <laughs> Iran to get out of our group and that will take place on Tuesday. Some other interesting things. It wasn't a surprise to me that Brazil beat Serbia two nil. But big news, Neymar is out with an actual injury. Now, if you do not even love soccer, you've got to know that Neymar is infamous for rolling around the pitch at every opportunity trying to find his man card. So he he is literally out with an ankle injury. <laughs> yeah, I said it. I did. Neymar is probably the most famous flop in the game and it's sad because he is such a great player too but he is he's famous for just getting a strong breeze in him getting knocked over and it's just one of those things that is disappointing but brazil they did really well and i think they'll be fine they're the deepest team in the tournament arguably as far as just having so much skill in so many places and so i think they'll be fine Okay, another story, Christian Ronaldo, first man to score at five World Cups. Uh, yeah, you Portugal want to talk about a, flop, about a flop. First of all, I will give him credit, even though I find him very dislikable. He managed to get kicked off his Premier League team during the week leading up to the World Cup game. And then he does go out and becomes the pl first player to score in five World Cup tournaments. But I thought that the penalty kick he got was very Neymar-like. He got mm -hmm. brushed in the box and he and he did a face plant. I, I don't agree. Do the, I, do I, the think, foul and I, I think it was a legitimate penalty. No. So. If but that's, that's the harsh that's... thing. That's a harsh reality of soccer is that you just don't know. And it bugs the heck out of me. I am a hockey fan and... I'll tell you, going from watching the my team, the Seattle Kraken and the NHL, and going and seeing a lot of hockey games and then watching soccer, you're like, oh, freaking come on, man up or woman up, whatever the case yeah, may be. Yeah, but hockey players, they have boots on. You don't get kicked in the ankle when you're in hockey. And so have you ever been kicked in the ankle really hard? It hurts. Okay, I get that it hurts. But come on, these guys are walking back onto the ice after getting their freaking teeth knocked out and their <laughs> nose broken. Yeah, I mean, don't even. I, don't even, I, I yeah. appreciate you trying, man, but come freaking on. Maybe <laughs> it's, it's, have you been kicked in the ankle with a blade? <laughs> 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 okay, touche. There you go. There are quite a few matches today. Qatar is going to be facing Senegal and looks to put out another disappointing effort, probably. They, well, they Qatar, looked like they didn't game, belong when they played that first match. That game but, already happened, actually. Did it? Um, I didn't see that one. Yeah, yeah. Of course, Senegal is a decent team, one of the top African teams. Qatar is in the World Cup because they hosted it. And that's the only reason yeah. that they're in the World Cup. And but that's they tradition their, there. They did notch their first goal of the tournament. Okay. And so that was a pretty good deal. 
And it was a very nice header that was put in and it was a good goal, but, uh, but they ended up still losing. It was two to two to one, but it was a good, or two or three to one, but uh, yeah, Senegal handled them pretty handily. That's, that's not but, a I surprise. Think that's kind of the, the easy group when you have the, that particular host in the tournament, you can pretty much count on a win. I think they, wasn't Qatar the first host team to get eliminated in this group stage too? Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, it's, there is the, 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 this is the whole other story that's behind the scenes away from the soccer. Before I go to that though, the U S has to win Tuesday. on Tuesday. We do control our own destiny though. So a win puts us through a loss of course, or a draw will not be enough because Iran is already ahead of us on points. And so if they, if we draw to Iran, then it'll, they'll have four and we'll have three and then it'll be over for us. Yeah. Um, Wales actually was eliminated today after the U.S.-England draw. And so I'm sorry to my Welsh friends, uh, you're done. So, uh, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> But going back to the politics of it, it was very clear that there was some shady backroom deals that happened in order to get the World Cup to happen in Qatar. Yeah, and, and we're going to talk about some of those. I wanted to, before we do, sure. to talk about something you guys touched on, and that was some of the calling. It's really tough because on this level of play, you want to have the best officiating. You really do. They have every player with the kind of technology that they can know exactly where they're at and exactly what's happening with them. And yet, even just watching the last match with the U.S., it was very disappointing. There was a call in the second half because someone was too close to the other player. Idealistic, perfect defending, and they got just a little too close. Let's blow the whistle. But I don't think there was a yellow card issued the entire match. Some of that just gets really frustrating, as always. In any game, it does. Soccer is probably one of the most difficult games to officiate based on the speed of play and what you can see in the moment, the way that you can so easily be blocked and screened. In my own experience, Having been a soccer player, obviously, for decades, but also having done some refereeing, it, it is really difficult. And with the addition of VAR, the video assistant referee, it does help in terms of being able to get things that are missed. However, it's still a really difficult thing. And I'm really glad that, that we do have VAR now, but, and it's also been good that there's been a crackdown on flopping where if it's discovered that you've actually done a flagrant flop, that you can get carded for that as well. And so there's been good things happening to help alleviate some of that. I think the game today is better than it has been in terms of just overall. But it is hard to find that consistent quality of refereeing. I haven't been greatly disappointed by the officiating. I thought today was okay. I During the Canadian match, we'll say, no, I don't agree with today's officiating. I think there was just some really silly calls. He just, there were no yellow cards when there should have been a few. And then blowing the whistle because someone's standing a little bit too close. Just <laughs> This is big boy play, people. But overall, it hasn't been like real heinous things happening. I just wish we could see more intervention from the VAR side. But it is what it is. But moving it's, to... I think that would slow down the game, though, too much. And what you want in officiating in soccer is consistency. If he's going to well, call one thing nice. for one situation, he needs to call it for both teams. And so 
I think that's really the key is that. And, and that's no, a good point because as a player, you have to say, all right, so this is how this he's going to call it today. Called. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I, I, I think usually, usually when you see issues with consistency too, it happens not necessarily between what's called on one team and what's called on the other, but in how a game is called like in the first half or the second half or in the final minutes where maybe the first half, a lot of stuff is allowed to let go. And then the second half, um, the players adjust, they start playing more physically and all of a sudden the, clamp down. everything, everything's getting called as a foul or carded, and that's fine. And, but it's, it gets frustrating though when, frustrating. when something that was not a call in the first half is a call in the second half. And, yeah, and, and the they can have that, an effect on the game. If you would have yep. called it in the first half, then maybe the A, B or C didn't happen. That's the mark of a good referee is that they take charge early on. They set the bar, they set the standard, and they stay consistent with it throughout the entire match. And Something else consistent in the World Cup is some of, as you mentioned, Garrick, the politics and a couple of things that took place. The U.S. men's team were had planned on changing their logo. And if you could see what I'm wearing today, I'm wearing the I'm wearing the, the team. The logo. real logo. That's the women's logo. It is, but it's still a logo so people can see what the logo <laughs> looks like. Thank you. But they were going to change their, this is the men's national team from a long time ago, by the way. Oh, that's uh, the older, oh, that's, sorry. Yeah. But they were going to change their logo to promote gay pride. German players covered their mouths in protest before their, and they were going to wear a one love armband. I wanted to talk a bit about these, the protests, the, uh, the treatment of people who are gay or alphabet gang in these, in the nations like Qatar is horrific. It is, it's barbaric so great for standing up for equal rights for people for standing against a death penalty because of choices people make but they there was they said no to the armbands no to the there's so much so many other things other than the gay issue like the 6500 workers 6,500 migrant workers who died during the infrastructure construction in Qatar for the World Games. That is, that is beyond incomprehensible. Over 6,500 people had to give up their lives so that we can enjoy the World Games, but we're going to support that we all we care about is the alphabet game. I like the idea of covering their mouths. That was a, a lovely sideline protest. But I do think once you get on the field, I'm okay putting the politics aside, as we've often talked about. Let's turn it over to you guys. Let's start with you, Brent. What do you think? Yeah, I agree with everything you said there, which doesn't make for great podcasting. but No, no but it makes I, me feel I, good, I, and I, I like I, that. But I, I do think that, like, this issue of the migrant workers' deaths, I don't think we've heard enough about that. And even that 6,500 may be a dramatically conservative. Yeah, they're leaving out Qatar, the Philippines. Qatar, they're living Qatar out. said... Yeah, like the, the the nation of Qatar is saying something was like like eighteen people, and on the other end of the spectrum, Amnesty International has said no, maybe more like fifteen thousand. You know, I, I get frustrated in our country about how many things get overregulated, but I think in a country like Qatar, where there there is not the type of democratic system 
and those sorts of regulations in place so we can oversee a government that's far more interested in putting on a good show and saving face than the treatment of anyone who's actually involved with putting it together. You get a lot of abuses and you end up with a lot of questions and a lot of things covered up. So I don't think we'll ever really know what the numbers are, what type of vices that people made to pull this off. And I don't mean sacrifices that people made of themselves, but more like what was done to people, how many people were moved out of their homes. Oh, it's almost know, like they, human they sacrifice. Stadium. The altar yeah. to the soccer gods, a 6,500 plus people sacrificed on that altar for people's information. A lot of the deaths occurred because they're working in extremely hot circumstances and trying to get things done on a tight timeline, creating an awful lot of infrastructure. It's crazy. It's just, it's incomprehensible. Garrick. Yeah, I'm a little bit mixed. Okay. I'm consistent with you in the sense that sports needs to be sports. And to me, the bottom line is that we have the unique opportunity as athletes to unify a city, a state, a team, a nation when we go out there and play the game. And we don't bring anything else into it except the game. Because then you can sit next to people who have a different faith, a different politics, a, a different yeah. gender identity. It doesn't matter because we're there for the team. We're there for the game. So in sports, there's that unique opportunity. And I have a real, real problem when we start bringing politics in it. Because as soon as you do that, you bring division. So you take something that was... And arguably soccer, the beautiful game, something beautiful, you turn it into something divisive. Yeah. And so I think that for that reason, it's terrible that we bring politics into sports. There are real legitimate places, though, where there are human rights things, issues like what is going on in Iran. And so the Iranian national team, they made the choice before their first match when they lost got drubbed by England, they'd made the decision to not sing the national anthem. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that was something that they decided together as a team to show solidarity, allegedly, for the people who are losing their lives uh, over, over protests. So is and that kind of like the women's national team that refused to stand for the national anthem? I think, I don't know. It, you people have to decide for themselves. I think it's different because they still stood. They didn't, they just chose not to sing. And so it was a more subtle type. And so where do you draw the line is the question. And I think it's a good, if you're listening to the, to, to this podcast, leave a comment, make a note. Yeah. We'd love engaging with you that way because, because I think it, it's important for us to be able to have this kind of a dialogue. And this is the problem. One of the problems I think in our society is that if you don't agree, then you get shut down and you get canceled. And we need to keep these free voices happening and we need to keep the conversation going and we need to engage with each other. And okay. that's what I think we seem to have lost. But politics out of sports, 100 percent. We yeah. don't need it. We don't want it. And it shouldn't be there. Thank you opinion. very much. Indeed. But tell the what, NBA what the, that and women's soccer. Yeah. One, of the, one of the issues, though, I find my my. I agree with the sentiment, but the way worldwide soccer works, the national identities really get wrapped up into these national teams far more than the United States does. Good. And so it's for some countries, a U.S. versus Iran 
match would be like a, a blood match from the last 100 years of conflict between the two nations. And what happens on the soccer field represents everything like the U.S. versus Soviet Union hockey match back in back in the 80s. Yeah. It doesn't have the same feel now because we are not unified with ourselves as a country. Half the people... Yeah, I don't know. It, and didn't it that show in this World Cup, we have our, <laughs> there, there's been some articles and some banter going on about our coach and how he dresses, first of all. You have these coaches coming out with ties and they look classy and he's always schlumping around. He's going to go work out at the gym. I get it. He wore, for the first match, a Nike shirt that just said states on it. And someone pointed out, that kind of says it all, we've dropped <laughs> united to a degree when you see mexican fans or from wales their fans and even players crying during their national anthem and singing it out loud but even fox news during the first match cut to commercial during our national anthem it's really what the heck there's this is where you got to wonder, it's a hard time in America. And maybe to what you said, Garrick, maybe it is a time where if we could just put aside some of the politics and just play and just be Americans, maybe it could be part of our healing. Maybe it could help us to remember what it's like to be one nation. Maybe one nation under God would be nice, but we'll start with the one nation part, <laughs> perhaps. Another story, um, and this is the this was a funny one to me that there's calls to have USA and the U, USA fans banned from the World Cup over a soccer chant. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, because song. one of the chants that said there is we it's called soccer it's called soccer and it is called soccer in our nation but does that just say that we're not the only people who are easily offended get over yourselves that's what we call it here if you can think it's backwards it's you can say come on if you're italian <laughs> they don't call it football in italy <laughs> what do they call it in italy garrick it's calcio Okay, so is it offensive if they're out there saying in in Italian, it's called calcio. It's cool. So it's not just us who are weird. It's not just us who are easily offended, okay? So just saying. An, another issue that I wanted to get to that had to do, to me, with the abuses of people creating the infrastructure, this one was a sad one, where there were actually people who are get, luckily getting a refund because their accommodations didn't have bathrooms. They didn't, they paid a, but I don't know how people afforded it. What do you have to do for a living to go to the world cup and stay there and pay to go in and see the games? I don't know, but some of the fan villages didn't even meet required standards. They didn't have toilets. They didn't have wash basins. So, oh gosh, you just say, if you're, if you're going to a country that is not as fully developed and there's going to be all these people there and there's going to be opportunities for someone to make money and yeah. you just got to buy or beware, right? Or roll with it. Just roll with it. Win in yeah. Qatar, do as the Qatarans. I don't know. Morgan Freeman is coming under fire. Fans Make are sure you angry. shake people's right hand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Morgan. 
Morgan Freeman fans are a bit angry that he was there leading the Qatar World Cup opening ceremony. That that kind of shows that, in essence, yeah, we're all one world and Qatar is this great, wonderful place. And uh, that was a lot of what the opening ceremony was. Everybody's welcome in every point of view. And yeah, not so much, but there it is, politics. You can't get away from it in this world. Any other well, final thoughts with the World Cup, boys? It's not like we didn't know who Qatar was before <laughs> we decided to have the World Cup I know, there. Right? And that's why I think there there are other things going on than more than just meets the eye in terms of how the World Cup ended in Qatar. Could it be a good thing, Garrett? Could it be good that if we shun all of these nations because they have because they're Could bad it be a good in some thing ways? that we have bribery and behind the world behind the okay. scenes backroom deals. Yeah. No, I definitely think that it's okay to have the games in Qatar and to have the World Cup there. I think that's a really good thing. And some of the people, unfortunately, a lot of it will be the wealth, the rich getting richer, but it does raise the standards. The sad thing is what's going to happen to all these stadiums afterwards? They're going to fall into disrepute and it's just, things are going to, yeah, so there, there's all the kind of that side of it as well. But I think definitely it's good that the World Cup is being held there. But I think... What's all the puppy virtue- have to say, Brent? Yeah. <laughs> hey, it's Paige. She is such Hello. a cutie. She actually came and visited us last week. So it was nice to meet her in person. But, <laughs> yeah. uh, but I digress. But yeah, I just think that... Uh, you, because we didn't even talk about the big beer flap, right? Oh, uh, gosh. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, last minute, they Budweiser puts all of this, their own infrastructure in place. The beer gardens were going to be allowed and, and with some limitation, right? And at the See, last minute. Been, that had been nope. negotiated. They had said that they were going to allow them to have beer gardens. And then at the last minute, they basically pulled their liquor license and said, eh. We changed our minds, and so no beer. Which is a bummer for those who like beer, but I'm thinking when you have this much division in the world and you have these these differing ideologies and countries, maybe taking alcohol out of the mix isn't such a bad idea. I think it probably resulted in far less police action going on in terms of issues and fights and those types of things. I I definitely think it probably made for a little bit more of a civil situation situation over there <laughs> I'm hoping so. but i think all you need to know about the, the the conditions under which they make the decisions about world cup locations is in his really interesting speech last week where the fifa president was talking about yeah we'd even be open to considering north korea next time around <laughs> so uh, apparently there's not much off the table and if you want to talk about a country that's going to regardless of the nature of their regime which is awful but talk about a country that does not have infrastructure in place and yeah, where and so again and how we're many talking people about are the, gonna... the potential abuse of the people living there thank you and 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 really just and what burden not to be morose or anything but what burden does fifa hold on their shoulders for some of those deaths of workers yeah they've got blood on their hands many would say but that's okay. We've got soccer and that's all that matters. And it isn't. It isn't all that matters. And oh, while, we're, while we're debating, we want equal <laughs> rights for the alphabet game. People are dying so that you can play your sport. It is a bit crazy. 
As we transition to just a few other things going on in the sports world this week, let me just ask this question. Who goes all the way and will the U.S. pull out of their bracket? Brent, do you want to go first? I'm going to go a bit out on a limb and say the U.S. will beat Iran on Tuesday and get out of the bracket. I don't think they'll go much farther than that. Today was really encouraging. If they can sustain what they did today, it's hard to play score comparison, but England did win pretty decisively over Iran. So hopefully you can play like we did today and not like the second half against Wales and beat them and get through. As for winning it all, oh boy, Portugal looked pretty impressive, regardless of what I said earlier about Ronaldo. But (laughs) But isn't it weird Um, with all the upsets, it's almost like you can't truly predict. It's tough. I, I think Argentina will recover and get through and then once you get to single elimination who knows what happens sure. i think if there's a dark horse i think it's i think their their win over i don't think germany's as strong as they've been in the past but right. i think japan's win was legit yeah and so yeah, it'll be interesting to see point. how far that team how far that team goes good point yeah Garrett. i think i'm hopeful that the u.s will get through iran showed themselves to to be very respectable on the pitch today that just but i think their style of game will actually bode well for the U.S. The U.S. did a great job at shutting down England today. And if we've got, we're pretty strong defensively, the U.S. And so I think it can open up some opportunities for us, but, but Iran is really a good team. And so I do think like you, Brent, I'm hopeful that we will get through as far as who's going to win it all. I still would love to see Messi in his probably last World Cup to to win argentina's loss of course was was a big surprise they did score four more goals than than their opponents in that game but they were just offsides i know (laughs) fractionally in in several saudi arabia they did not know what hit them i mean argentina came out so strong and but they to their credit they settled in and but argentina was so quick to come out and jump out like that and they didn't know what hit them that was crazy and i think the feeling by argentina was we've scored all these goals we'll just keep going but they settled in and and packed the defense and were able to get the win so it'll be exciting it'll be interesting switzerland actually looked good there was some good mark there's really good teams in the world cup and you just don't know but i think you've mentioned the favorites I think I think Portugal, Spain, France, Brazil, Argentina, just the usual suspects, I think over time will rise to the top, but we'll see. But we'll um, see because there has been some upsets. I'd um, love some to quick see, things love to see that, an underdog yeah, get through deeper. Some, some quick things I wanted to get to that were really of interest. There really is no letting up on Russell Wilson. There was one meme, I'll probably put it post-production, but it says that Wilson is on pace to throw fewer touchdowns this season than his mansion has bathrooms. So, <laughs> Which oh, is man. true, actually. I think it, he's got seven. He has 12 bathrooms. So, oops. Jerry Jones of the boys is under fire for a photo from when he was really young back in 1957 where he was at a protest that where uh, protesting integration he was so young at the time now he what he said is that i was there mostly like a lot of people out of curiosity not really understanding what's going on the impact how can you really know I mean, there were students who knew and maybe there were students who 
knew and participated because that's what they were taught at home. Can you hold a man accountable for something back in 1957 and demand his head today? There's certainly some things you could if he'd gone there and shot somebody. (laughs) Absolutely. But one of the things that drives me crazy is the way our society uses the sensibilities of the day to pass judgment on other eras and other cultures. What exactly? Exactly. We really, even talking soccer, there was a, rather than getting into the names, Garrick, uh, you probably know who I'm talking about, an older gentleman who was part of our Seattle Sounders legacy, and he was absolutely canceled because uh, around the George Floyd era time in 2020, he said, yeah, I was, when I was playing soccer way back in the day, we didn't have anyone who was of color. And then when they came, after a while we didn't know what to expect but we figured hey you can help us win that's great and to me it showed that the evolution of getting used to people who are different but no we had to cancel him sorry we don't want anything to do with you that was horrible and we don't have any sense of history or how we've grown and if we lose that sense as we bring everything home today we lose the ability to move forward today. We lose the ability to understand the evolution of, of people's hearts, of change, of how one person, you can be one thing and be entrenched. But the Bible says who the sun sets free is free indeed. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are passed away. All things are become new. God does a work in us. And I think in, a, in our era of not recognizing a mighty, awesome God that does fundamentally change our hearts and make us more like Christ. It's hard to, it's easy, I should say, to hold people to some high standard uh, that we often can't meet ourselves. With that, let me, because we're out of time, the, the final thing was yesterday, guys, was like the best Thanksgiving ever. There was World Cup. There was football. It was a sports-a-palooza. And I stayed in pajamas all day, ate turkey. And right now, the wafting smell of the carcass cooking and making soup is almost overwhelming. I just want to get up there. But what a Thanksgiving, right? Oh, it was a great day. I similarly had a very lazy day and kudos to my amazing wife who made this incredible dinner. And and we had my sister over and some friends and it was, it was just a wonderful, just a celebration of what Thanksgiving is all about. And, and, it, it, and was sports. A, it was a great day. And sports. And lots yeah. of sports. <laughs> lots of sports. No, I watched a couple of, several hours of soccer yesterday and even flipped on a little bit of American football. And it was so quiet in in my house. I wasn't filled with a house of people who don't really like sports and keep talking when I just really want to watch sports. (laughs) I don't mean to be insensitive. People come first. When you're in the zone, you got to be careful. (laughs) Final shot. shot. It's final It is. It's final shot time, guys. We're out of time. And my my final shot real quick is going to go out to my Seattle Kraken, who do not look like the team that I begrudgingly sat through so many games <laughs> with last year. They are kicking butt, taking names, and you'd see absolutely no flopping on the ice. Thank you very much. There you go. <laughs> Seattle Kraken, keep it up. We have, a, what, a 6% chance, they say, of us going all the way. So there you go. Here's to those. Better than, 
You're I'll saying there's them. a chance. I'll take them. <laughs> group we have not talked about much on here because we've missed a few weeks, but I'm going to give it to first-year coach of the Washington Huskies football team, Kalen DeBoer. The way he's turned that program around, they won four games last year and looked bad doing it. Had their coach fired mid-season. A lot of people question the hire. He came from Fresno State. But man, they if they win the Apple Cup tomorrow against Washington State. Yeah, I'm looking forward to um, that. They're not, they're probably not, it's really weird. They're probably not going to make it to the Pac-12 championship game. But if USC gets into the playoff, the Huskies may be going to the Rose Bowl. And to think that's where they'd be sitting just a year ago, even if it doesn't happen, just the fact they have that chance is quite a turnaround. So they get my final shot. There you go. Hang us, Garrick. It's the goal of the World Cup tournament so far. And and can you see that? Yes, we mm-hmm. can. I have to play this because uh, this Brazilian player created the goal running in. Richard Assange! Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah, that was something. That bicycle kick, holy mother of soccer. That was just like, come on. Yeah, you're right to play that. You're right to play that. That's right out of Pele. Oh, yeah, that was amazing. Tournament so <laughs> and, and why wasn't that defender just standing up and like taking one in the face for the team? He tried. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's that looks like Matt Peel. It does. That's why Matt isn't with us today. He was down there at the World Cup with no shirt. That sounds like Matt. <laughs> I love it, guys. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you for watching, listening, viewing, liking, and sharing. And in this Thanksgiving weekend, thankful for you, the audience, and thankful that we live in a country where we do have freedom, where we can speak truth, and we can enjoy sports and even look for that deeper story of encouragement that we call the God story. Guys, thank you. Happy Thanksgiving weekend. Bless you, Gary. <laughs> For more fun, go to mymichellelive.com. Woo! Woohoo!